ahead and do this. But yeah, so we're going to do our podcast on Upeka, uh, Upeksha, uh, equanimity, but also Jhana or Dhyana, which is mind training. Why? Because I just spent three days, two to two and a half hours, talking about Upeka, Upeksha, uh, and at the very end, ten minutes to go, three questions, the final three questions, were literally asking for them to wrap it up and explain to us, not just, okay, fine, you've told us what equanimity is, equanimity, but you didn't tell us how to get there. And it's really sad because they went and talked about jhana, the four jhanas, and they represented the fourth jhana as equanimity, never mentioned the third. And then with three people asking this simple question, why would you not explain equanimity and jhana? Because it explains each other. Since I've already started, I was talking a little bit about the Samadanga Sutra. And in the Samadanga Sutra, he's, he's talking about these jhanas. It's interesting because if you look at the translation of the Samadanga, Sama for, you know, ultimate, the correct, uh, the path, and this is what you want to do. Danga, interestingly, can be considered wild tricks or pranks, but to drop the mask, to discover your natural disposition. But the Samadanga is talking about these jhanas, these states, these mindful states, these, um, this mental training that one must work towards, right? Equanimity, right? That's the goal, right? Uh, along with Naroda, cessation, right? That's what I'm going to explain here. So why do we need to know this? Well, first, the Samadanga Sutra, AN 528, highly recommend you read it. It's really not even that long. But it gives you a really good insight into what we're talking about here. And what we're talking about here is right concentration, right? So that's sama, samadhi. And as I've said before, samadhi is meditation, one-pointedness of the mind. D being wisdom, the right wisdom, the right knowledge. Or as I said earlier, this is an idea to better oneself, but also to eliminate outflows. That's that neuroda. So what do we do here? First, we're taught how to concentrate the mind with Anapanasati, or more importantly, the Satipatthana Sutra. Sati being to remember. What are we remembering? Remembering to be a better person. We do that via sila, morality, and we do that via ahimsa, no harm, compassion, Karuna, right? Uh, metta for loving kindness, maitri, um, um, vicarious joy, uh, modita, and uh, finally upeka, upeksha. That is equanimity, but it's not a word we commonly use. So, what do they mean by that? Equanimity is simply to be at one, to be balanced, right? Because if you read about how you get equanimity. So again, as I said, you got to be resident in morality. You got to know, well, let's go through the whole process here. One, uh, there are truths to our existence that nothing is permanent, that the self is not what we think it to be, and suffering flows from that misunderstanding. 
right? Uh, the need to discover that natural disposition, danga, or to drop that mask of self, danga. That's anatta. So in the first uh, step, you understand this truth, that the Four Noble Truths as well, that suffering uh, or dissatisfaction, dukkha, uh, do for not good or bad, and ka for space or air. So think of it in that idea, that we surround ourselves with negativity or bad experience or negative outcomes because we desire, we expect, we hope, we want, we wish, we attach to this self, this idea. There is a root of this dissatisfaction, this suffering, this um, dissatisfaction and outcome. And that root is this ego, this self, this uh, misperception or this mask that we use um, to delude ourselves and uh, is also the source of a lot of our reactions, our tone, our feeling, perception. So we use these marks of existence or the truth of uh, existence or conventionality, meaning nothing is permanent. Uh, the self is not uh, anything more than a construct. And this dissatisfaction flows from the same truth of there is no self as we define it. Again, we're going to get to this, why it's important with, with equanimity. So the self is not what we think it is. It's the root of our suffering. There is an end to this dissatisfaction, and that is this noble eightfold path. Important because, right, it's right action, right thought, right effort, right mindfulness, right meditation, samadhi. Um, and it's got this list of right actions or correct or optimal actions. But it's not just, you know, actions. It's intention and it's effort. So it's both physical and mental and arguably even um, the intention, the spirit. So again, as I said, it's three classes, six, seven, eight hours of our time. Everyone's like, okay, well, you mentioned what equanimity is. It's that one with all of beings, and it's not a... Well, they didn't really get into it as well as they could have. It's not about labels. Um, I mean, the example I'll give is, of course, we had a... Um, what would you call them? They called themselves an ethical vegan, and they made sure to remind us of that fact almost initially. And did they go... They, of course, mentioned this is an idea of not-self. But did they openly go and say, hey, you know, you're applying a label. You know, he's a meat eater, and I'm an ethical vegan. Stop applying labels. That's what the teaching here is. By her walking around thinking she's better than others because she's an ethical vegan, right? Why couldn't she have just said, I'm a vegan? <laughs> it's the same thing. Same. But no, she's an ethical vegan because she's even better than regular vegans, Right? But no one will tell her, hey, it's that application of the label, that reinforcing, reinforcement of the self, that is your problem. You are the source of your suffering. You are causing suffering with others, judging others who are a meat eater or who aren't a meat eater or they're not enough of a vegan or they're a vegetarian, but you're just not doing it properly. This is what we're supposed to be teaching. Not labels, not judgments, 
But you use morality, right concentration, right intention, right action, right effort, right mindfulness, right meditation, and right intention to achieve the first jhana. Jhana or jhana is mental state or mental training. Right? Samadhi is the state of. So when you achieve that samadhi of the first jhana, you're withdrawn from sensuality. And don't think of it like we do in the West. It's the senses, right? Enjoying what you eat or what you smell. This is the poisons. The three poisons of ignorance or delusion, aversion and attachment, right? Or greed and... Um, um, uh, dislike or hate and love and hate, you know, these, these dualities, right? And how do we eliminate them? Like I said, we use these uh, right or correct or optimal actions by using the Brahma-viharas of compassion and loving kindness and vicarious joy and equanimity, right? So you want to find the balance. Right? You can't shy away from uh, chilling because you need to use that calm, shamatha, to achieve the goal. But at the same time, you can't uh, push yourself too hard and injure oneself. I know, I'm oversimplifying. But the first jhana can be achieved by stilling the mind using cessation, sh- shamatha, calmness, and insight, we do that via seeing the nature of self. You use dependent origination and emptiness, pratitsamapada and uh, shunyata. You use both emptiness of all things, and that's simply just understanding impermanence, right? Because you're not the person you were when you started listening to this. Uh, And again, no jokes about how long I talk for. The point here is you achieve a certain level of cessation. You start to understand that the self is simply a construct, uh, that our perception of reality is dependent, dependent on our perception, dependent on our um, latent impressions, dependent on our mood, and depending on how we feel about someone else, and depending on all sorts of things. So the first jhana you want to withdraw from unskillful qualities. So these ideas of preferences, right? I'm a vegan, you're not. That's not equanimity, right? That's the first jhana, right? The rapture and pleasure born from withdrawal. I mean, I know it sounds kind of funny, but, right? It's teaching you that the real pleasure is born not from preferring pleasure uh, over pain, but treating them both the same. And that takes you to the second jhana. The second jhana speaks of composure and unification of awareness, free from thought and evaluation. So the first jhana, you're settling, settling or stilling these unskillful actions, qualities, preferences, labels, ideas, the second jhana is where you find uh, a composure, a unification of this awareness, right? That this natural disposition, you've understood the nature of self, impermanence, and suffering. You know 
uh, dependent origination. You understand emptiness of all things. And so you sit composed uh, with an internal assurance. Right? This Shraddha that we talked about earlier. And this leads you into the third jhana. This is where I bring up Upeka, Upeksha. Because here you remain equanimous. Right? So you have stilled these unskillful qualities. You've begun to still the inside, the self, the preferences, the feeling, the tone, the, uh, the volitions. Right? You've calmed all the skandhas, and now you're equanimous and mindful. Right? So you haven't achieved equanimity or pekka. What you're doing is moving between these jhanas, and you're stirring in this third jhana, you're stirring... Uh, equanimity, upeksha. And you enjoy this abiding. Right? But it isn't until the fourth jhana. The fourth jhana, which, um, pardon my memory here, uh, upeka sati pari siddhi. The fourth jhana being to reside um, in the perfection. Of equanimity. So the fourth jhana is you've achieved ultimate equanimity. The reason I mention this is um, I've seen a number of teachers teach this in a much different way, just as I did this week, spent six hours, and they were essentially saying that equanimity is in the fourth jhana. And as I said, sadly, at the very end of this week-long course, three separate students asked for them to kind of sum it all up and bring it together and tell us, how do I achieve this equanimity, right? They're talking about, okay, well, you've explained the fourth jhana is where I've achieved it and I'm resident. And, and again, they kind of made them misunderstand this, that this fourth jhana is an idea that when you get in there, boom, you're in uh, equanimity. Really, the truth is more you've achieved this uh, equanimity to where it permeates your entire being. You reside in this equanimity, this fourth jhana, uh, to achieve further states of awareness and understanding. And, and there's actually some academic discussion as to how long uh, the historical Buddha himself might have spent um, in this fourth jhana before he achieved his, um, his final total cessation, Naroda, uh, Naroda Padi, uh, Pati, uh, the path of cessation. Right, because again, if we read the Pali, this is an it's it's circular because you can achieve cessation, uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, being too uh, chuffed about your achievement can actually cause you. Just as I said before, if you think you're awesome because you're an ethical vegan, well, all you're doing is reinforcing the self. You need, just as we discussed before, you need to look at. Uh, selfless action, because that's the only way you're going to get the results, right? The initial goal is dropping that mask. What is that mask? That mask is this imposter that we call the self, right? So that fourth jhana is not even the final goal, 
Once you get there, you remain resident in the purity of equanimity and mindfulness, neither pleasure nor pain. It permeates all of his body, his awareness, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's resident. I like that translation. Right, so as I said, spend all this time talking about what is equanimity, how do you achieve it, how do you get there, and we never really talked about it. So that's my take. Uh, I highly recommend maybe you look at the Samadanga Sutra where it talks about the different jhanas um, because honestly I just uh, didn't realize how much confusion there was uh, relating to the jhanas themselves because I didn't realize there's a half dozen different books of people who have just kind of translated their own idea of what this is meant uh, to be, what sort of practice it's meant to be, and they've made it into something it's not. It's really as simple as A, B, C, D. That's it. 